We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Good morning. Welcome to NUFC Matters. It's the professionals with Stu and Mitch. And uh, I was laughing there as I was sitting in the green room watching Stu put on all the effort to try and get that balanced. He's a quiz trophy for being the winner. Look at that, man. NUFC Matters is a quiz champion. You can even see a reflection of a Christmas tree in the uh, in there for the for the festive take on it. Not mine, though, for a change. Not yours, not yours for a change, but another tree up uh, in a foreign land. But uh, yeah, welcome, lads. And uh, I'm going to start not with Bournemouth, I'm going to start with Dortmund because I mean, obviously both of you are out there. Uh, Mitch, I mean, um, not the result we wanted. Injuries are really starting to take that toll now, unfortunately, coming up against a Champions League team who, you know, qualify every season because you know, they play in a league a bit like Scotland. There's only two teams, Borussia or Bayern, who tend to win that bloody league. But yeah, they're, they're, we, played, we came up against an experienced team, you know, in it at the home ground and you know I wouldn't even say we fell short we just got we got beaten and had Joe Linton taken his chance we potentially could have we could have got something out of the game might have changed the dimensions of the game but yeah you know, we've just got to take it on the chin we're learning at this level it's our first year back in 20 years and we've got to we've got to really reflect on on where we are and where we were two years ago I think that's it's a, it's a big thing on this program I like to point out where we've just come from um temper yeah Expectancy, but, I think, is, is is what we need to do. But what was what was the trip like, and what was your take on that game? Mate? But trip was fantastic. We we went to Dusseldorf, had a night in Dusseldorf, then went to Dortmund the next day. Uh, got back to Dusseldorf to fly back on a Wednesday. Um, seeing friends old and new, people I've not seen for twenty years, um, people I've never met who through this platform have come to feel comfortable to come and say hello and appreciate all of that and more. Um, had a good laugh. Um, great trip. The game itself, I feel we were quite passive. And I think is what's coming out after the Bournemouth game as well. You, you, it's not a binary thing that you cannot be critical of a performance, but also be aware of where we've been and where we're going and take solace that there's more to come. Um, I think against Dortmund, we set up in a very... Certainly in the first 
40 minutes we seemed very passive we see, it was more like a 4-5-1 than a 4-3-3 for me um the atmosphere from our fans was not quite what i expected it to be given what it had been like through the day had we had we sung ourselves out had we knackered ourselves through the previous two days um also standing on the terrace i think uh Dortmund could have done with some better stewarding um, and I think we've got a section of our fan base who haven't really stood on terraces before so didn't really understand how it worked and I think that's where some of the little issues in the standing areas came from um, certainly could have done without being showered with beer when the second goal went in by some people from the tier above were our fans by the way and that starts little niggles between our lot throwing stuff back up at them and it, it, it was um some of it was unusual and a little muted a bit like the performance on the night and yeah right had Joe Linton taken that chance that could have been a, a very different uh, game the one thing that always bothered me about Dortmund was their experience they've got players that seem to have played in the Champions League in international level for years um, so they know what they're doing, and they're also probably one of the fittest teams we've played this season. Um, man for man, with a, with a fit eleven, would give them a much better game. But equally, you've got to go with what you've got. With the, the um, squad we have was decided once the transfer window closed, and that's what we'll have to run with. And we've known that since September. Um, so I think we sort of limped to this international break. But the, the Dortmund trip was was fantastic. It was a great trip, and great, would do it all again, especially with Stu. Uh, it was just just cracking. Stu, uh, you managed to send a few videos, and uh, we stuck them up on the channel. Some uh, some great stuff um, from 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 you guys. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you just really want to reiterate what what Mitch says. I mean, um, he, you know, it was great to hear that you you met so many people who you didn't know who who just said they loved what you did on on the show and on the channel, and, and keep up the good work. Yeah, it was. I know Mitch mentioned on Friday said the word humbling, and it was, and it was surprising. Uh, yeah, what sort of impact we have on people who watch, watch regularly, and you know, because uh, me and Mitch always like us as just uh, two lads sitting in the bar chatting, but we don't swear as much on here, obviously. So it's it, it's good that people are listening to what we say and actually. Agree mostly, most of what we say, but appreciate the fact that it's honest and, and it comes from the heart. Uh, and it was really, for me, when you have people, there was a guy, I hope I remember his name, he's from Kent called Steve. He went and got his son, uh, Jordan, I think it was, who's 27 year old. He says, These are the guys I've met, I've met Steve, I've, I've met Keith Patterson, used to, I knew, I'd be, I knew that he's coming and used to be here. And he spent uh, an hour searching for us in the square. And I thought, well, if you just stood next to the beer tent, you would have found one a lot quicker, to be honest. <laughs> but, <laughs> and, you know, and so many kind words. Uh, and to the point, I, I was a bit embarrassed because, you know, it, it's not something they're used to. Because the way I look at this now, I'm just looking on the screen on my phone, and I see two mates in front of us. And you forget yeah. that there's people behind it, you know, and, 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 you know, we get a lot of thanks, especially through the COVID and stuff like that, and then through the takeover and uh, what's happened since, keeping us up to date with or giving our perspective of the Middle East angle. 
uh, and it was really, really good. And to, to share a beer with people like that, it, it was it was an honour. It was our honour, not their honour. Uh, but to be back amongst an army of Newcastle fans, and that's what it was, uh, and the majority of them, I'd say, they demographically were older uh, than what you get at normal away games. And, and there's people, as Mitch said, we hadn't seen for, for years. Um, and then we knew people who were there without tickets, but went regardless. And, and there was thousands of them. And I mean thousands of people without tickets. Uh, and the, But if you see me, and I'm sure I can speak for Mitch, at any home games we're over for, any away games we managed to get to, don't be shy, come and say hello, because we'll talk to you. By all means, of course, we will. And it's, like you say, it's an honour and a privilege that uh, uh, people actually, to first of all, watch the show and, and then respect what we say. So from, from that perspective, the, the trip was good. But the, the the main part was being back in the Champions League and getting to watch Newcastle again. It's been about two decades since I've been able to do that. So for, for me, it was, I was there. And then inside the stadium, it was like, yeah, this is a European night. But the atmosphere to me from the Newcastle fans reflected the performance. It was just a bit flat and they got what they deserved out of the game, which was zero. And I'm not with Mitch on this when it's oh, they're an experienced team. So PSG, the difference is we took the game at PSG uh, and we didn't, maybe we were given too much respect or overthinking it. Uh, and we've got players depleted as the squad is. We've still got players that are capable of passing the ball to each other and are, are capable of stretching their legs properly and, and running forward. And after the game, the performance on the pitch at Dortmund, I mean, I, and it sounds stupid, right? But the, the fact that we were there, we played Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League, but we, we can't keep saying where were we two years ago? You know, is it going to be where were we five years ago? Where were we six? Because it starts making excuses and winners don't make excuses. Winners get on with it and find things better to do and how to improve. And it's a learning curve. I'd rather say it's a learning curve than they come up with excuses. But I reckon if we took the game to them, I think we could have beat Dortmund. And it's a bit harsh to blame Joe Linton missing the chance. He was in the position to take the chance. And had it went in, yeah, it could have been a different game. Well, it didn't. And it wasn't. So <laughs> we got beat 2-0. We got beat 2-0 yesterday. But we've watched many Newcastle games over the years and they get beat a lot. So they've been beaten a lot. And it's, I, I don't get this massive swing of like the world's ended. You know what I mean? We're still in European places. Uh, we've got more than a full team missing. And they are quality. There's, there's, there's so much that we're to look forward to. But uh, I, I don't agree with... Uh, it, the learning experience, I, re I really don't think it's. we should use that as an excuse. We should be saying we are better than this and we underperformed. I think Eddie House said similar after the game. If I remember listening bleary-eyed on the what would have been the early hours of Wednesday morning in the hotel, I'm sure he's saying that uh, we, we could have done better uh, at Dortmund. But that's the standards we've set and it's, a, it's great that we've got high standards. And occasionally we will drop below those standards. Uh, and to me, Dortmund was one of those games that I think the team could have performed better. Uh, maybe they were a bit starstruck themselves like we were. You know, thankfully, before the game, everyone was taking the photos and videos then. But when the game kicked off, 
it's what I call like uh, proper fans. The phones weren't to be seen, uh, and we just got on watching the game. But it was impressive, and if you're a player and you hadn't played in that stage before, this goes on to Mitch's experience, but it could have been seen as intimidating. But, you know, we've played in big grounds before. We just need to keep doing it. And if we don't qualify for the next round of the Champions League, I'm in the boat where I hope we get in the Europa League because people in Europe need to keep seeing the name Newcastle United uh, and we need to keep performing and, and advancing as much as we can and get back again this season after. OK, interesting stuff. Uh, Michael Clark says, nice to meet you both in Dortmund. Uh, there's one of your, uh, one of the people who you met. Uh, great uh, to see Ian being so positive in the chat as well. Quadruple is still on, he says. That's the spirit, Ian. That's the spirit. Um, and what's the panel's thoughts on the Premier League trying to stop us from signing players from Saudi? We will come on to that, Gary. Don't worry. Uh, OK, let's look at yesterday's game. Newcastle United travelled to Bournemouth. Uh, it was a happy hunting ground. Um, we'd, we'd won two, drawn three down there, uh, unbeaten. Uh, Eddie Howe, of course, got a draw there last year, but um, injuries really are playing their part. And uh, Newcastle with Lewis Miley in the starting lineup, uh, De Bull on the on the bench again, Parkinson on the bench. Um, you know, it was it, you know it really was uh, make do and mend um, with with the players. The starting eleven capable of getting the result down at Bournemouth, it has to be said. But um, it, it, yeah, look, things things do catch up with you. They, they, they really do. And when you're missing 11 players, 10, 11 players, it, it becomes nigh on impossible for, for Eddie to keep keep getting those results and the team to get those results. It was always going to happen at some point. But um, I thought, you know, watching the game, you know, I, I don't think it was as bad as the knee-jerk reaction I've seen on Twitter. Um, I, I did. I decided to keep my thoughts to myself, as I know you guys did on social media yesterday. Um, sometimes you just you, you put a tweet out or put a, put a post out, and it just leads to you spending the rest of your evening defending the indefensible or defending your defending something sensible, which they say is indefensible. I should have said. Um, but yeah, I, look, it's a defeat. It's not the end of the world. Um, the international breaks here. Hopefully, gives us an opportunity to get at least one or two players back in. Um, we we'll hope that the injury to um, Almiron isn't serious. Um, of course, uh, I think I think um, he was he he obviously is is a, is a concern. But uh, there was also um, you know one or two others who seemed to be limping and carrying carrying knocks when they went off. But yeah, I, it wasn't the end of the world yesterday for me, Mitch. That result. Oh yeah, you're on mute, Mitch. Sorry, mate. Um, it just looked like one game too far. Mm. The players that were there looked leggy, looked drained. Charles was clutching his hamstring after about seven minutes. Almiron, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, obviously went off with a hamstring. Um, Longstaff took a, 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 a sort of a, a, an odd angle blow. Um, we didn't look like we'd made my mind up where everybody was going to play. It was Gordon up front and then Joe Linton up front. And we know that doesn't work because we had two years of that. Um, and it kind of, we lacked a cohesiveness. I thought Miley didn't look out of place at all. I thought he, he you know, um, did well for the time he was on the pitch. I found it curious that Hall only did another 45 minutes. And that makes me question, is that another one carrying something that we don't know about? Um, 
what was the thinking between not starting Tino because he's when he has started to be one of the best players that we've seen on the pitch. Um, maybe maybe in the middle of the injury crisis, Eddie's just outthought himself a little bit. I don't know, but we really did um, just look not at the races, and and I think mentally the incident with Trippier at the end, which we'll probably talk about separately, I'd imagine. Um, you've got to wonder what's going on in the minds of the players at the moment, particularly in the dressing room, with this the bizarre set of situations we've got. Not just injuries, you've got Tonali, who um, is missing, not through an injury, but through conduct. Um, and there must be frustrations and irritations behind the scenes with that. Um, these lads are only human. Um, you know, we've had Bruno lose his rag on social media. We've now we've had Trippier yesterday. Um, but I take that personally as a sign that they care, that they're invested in Newcastle United. We've seen teams that didn't give a shit. Oh, yeah. We've seen players that couldn't give a monkey's about Newcastle United. We've been relegated with teams like that. Uh, so we know <laughs> what that looks like. And I tell you what, it's not that. It's not that at all. And again, it comes to this binary situation where it seems these days, if, if, you, if you want to layer a criticism, even if it's well-meaning and constructive, that means you're anti-everything that Newcastle United is doing at the minute, which is rubbish. That's not how life works. It's not on and off like that. And so I think that I think internally in the dressing room, I suspect that they're dealing with pressures that we don't fully understand. Um, we had a chat with Craig Hope at, uh, in Dortmund, and he seemed to allude that he was aware of a couple of things in the dressing room uh, and frustrations, which uh, would would marry what we're seeing a little bit. Um, and I think the, the quicker we can get more of these players back, the better. And some of these injuries genuinely, you know, if you had a bingo card with any of them injuries on, yeah, you're doing well and you might as well go and pick yourself a lottery ticket tomorrow as well because you'll probably get those numbers up too. Stu, thoughts on yesterday? It's disappointed and you should be disappointed when you watch your team get beat. Uh, the, there wasn't the usual cohesion uh, in what we're about. What Eddie Howe's made this team about has been the the pressing game, high intensity, and when that's missing, we become an average team again. And average teams get beat at Bournemouth. And yes, there was yes, there is injuries uh, more than <laughs> I think any other teams got. But at the same time, as Mitch just said there at the start, we started with eleven. That is good enough to be Bournemouth. But then if you're starting. I try to use mitigating circumstances instead of excuses. We've played three or four games in dreadful weather on heavy pitches. Uh, and I think more psychologically, we, we got beat before or during the game. There was people like, am I in this position or I'm in that position? And there was a lot of just jogging around instead of running. And there's, there's people on the bench. I mean, it, it baffled me. I seen a tweet I showed Mitch when watching the game yesterday. The... Was running the Dubai Supporters Club, 
there was someone that said we've got a front three that included Joe Linton and Richie. And that was like four years ago and it didn't work out then. Uh, I was surprised, baffled, confused at why Richie came on instead of the Livermento. And the three games he's actually started for us, he's been man of the match. And then when he did came up, come on, again, he looked our best player, outfield player when he came on. And he played in three different positions again in the space for about 30 odd minutes. And so if we look at the positives, he is a genuine, genuine talent. Uh, and as is young Lewis Miley as well, who every time he, he was demanding the ball, he was composed, he was controlled with it. He was confident with it. He was always looking for the pass. He didn't mind taking the ball with people around him. And I think once he starts filling out, he, he could be a dominating midfielder. He really could. Um, and I'm, I'm talking, to, you don't want to put pressure on someone so young, but he, he could be a Gascoigne or a Jude Bellingham or something like that. He, he reads, really, the, game. He reads yeah. the game. Sitting he in that position, he's reading the game. Superb. And you can see the players, yes, they may be carrying slight niggles, but I, I think a lot of it was psychological. It was in their own heads. Think, right, we've, done, we've been through all this, and I'm not suggesting they felt sorry for themselves, but I think they were just ready for the rest. And it was just one last push, and they, they didn't have all the energy to push as hard as they'd like to. So that doesn't mean they're not trying their best, because I'm sure they did. Uh, and what I watched, yes, they were trying their best, and yesterday it wasn't good enough. But there's going to be loads of games in the future we'll get beat, but they'll become fewer and fewer per season. Uh, the, as long as this club continues to grow the way it's grown, with the ownership model that we've got and the, and the way that we've recruit, we will get better. But when you see the outcries, honestly, I started looking at Twitter after the game and I put my phone down and I thought, I'm not even going to bother with this. Because you, you've got people, oh, that's it, we're, we might as well be in a relegation battle and then we're never going to get into Europe because we've lost one game. You know, it, it's it's just too much. We beat Arsenal just the week before, and that's it. We're going to finish second in the league, or we're definitely qualified for the Champions League. Then the week after we do it, the inconsistency has become our consistency at the moment. But when you haven't got a settled team, and you are trying to fit, no, I wouldn't say square pegs and round holes, but new people into a system that they don't play regularly, then of course there's going to be tweaks. But Nick Pope looked... Excellent yesterday. I thought he was confident and he was assured. Uh, and I was happy for him to be punching the balls instead of catching them because there was a bit of a zip on the surface. And he, he made several stops that kept us in the game. And I think if we'd got a goal back, we probably would have got two. But did we? would we have taken a draw at that stage? Of course we would have. Did we deserve it? No. And sometimes you've just got to put your hand up and say, on the day, we weren't good enough. And that was one of those days. Because I don't think there's one Bournemouth player that would get in our team. Um, but the Bournemouth players haven't had high-intensity games. The the game before Wolves, it was Paul Moraine. Uh, the Dortmund game, wasn't it, at home? And then they had the Wolves game. And then Arsenal, all in, all in driving rain, it's heavy. Then the trip to Dortmund, then more injuries each game. And then when you see someone go down, like uh, Shaw did, I know he goes down the first 20 minutes every game, but... Yesterday, he actually looked genuinely hurt. And then Miggy, who I thought didn't even run around him yesterday, he just seemed to jog around, he looked lost. Uh, as if he didn't have Bruno there to, to be his comfort blanket. Uh, so he went off. And then Longstaff, 
he wouldn't have stayed down injured if he wasn't hurt. You could see the, his reaction as soon as the tackle went in. He was genuinely hurt. But because he's a local lad, etc., he rolled his sleeves up and he carried on as long as he could. Um, what do you say, Steve? We've got beats. Uh, we deserve to get beats. Uh, but I reckon we'll come back refreshed, mentally refreshed, physically re uh, refreshed, psychologically refreshed. And I think we'll, we'll stuff Chelsea when we play them after the international break. The lads do need a rest. And once they've had that, then we're back to normal again. We'll have Isaac back as well. So we've got four in the league. Mitch touched on the Trippier thing. I mean, it was frustrating. Um, I've seen various videos uh, of that incident, but I've also seen videos of fans um, applauding Trippier and him applauding the fans. So uh, be careful what you you take, you know, on board. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a flashpoint, but it was a flashpoint of frustration on both sides. Supporters and and I know we we talked off screen before we came on, but I'd like you to reiterate it because I think it's an important point. Essentially, Trippier Trippier's got a, a, a right to explain. And, and say what he wants to say as the captain of the team. And I thought he did it in a very professional way. Um, the supporter, we don't know what he said directly. We couldn't really hear what he said. But we do know that the supporter um, has put a, a message out and, you know, just said, look, you know, I've, I'd had a drink. I travelled a hell of a long way to go to the game. I was disappointed and it was a, a knee-jerk reaction from me. So, fair play for the kid for owning it. Fair play for Trippier to come out and address it in his media interviews. We'll, we'll move on from that. That'll get stirred by, you know, some of the press for the next couple of days. Tune in crisis, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, it's passion. It's passion because the fans want to win and we want to win, uh, Stu. Yeah. Well, you know, you can see both sides of the debate. The But what really annoys me is, especially the social media angle, when people are thriving on something like this, they're waiting for it and pounce on it and blow it out of proportion. Uh, like you said, we don't know what the the young lad said, but to me, if he said he's in, in, in stronger language, I would imagine, but he's worked very good today. And if he's travelled seven, eight hours on a coach to Bournemouth, probably had a few cans, etc. He spent his hard-earned money. He's entitled to say that. And players should take that on the chin and accept it. But at the same time, they've got a right to reply as well. Uh, yes, they, they can be overprotected in a, in a bubble, um, but they do care. You can you can see that they care, and if they didn't, they wouldn't have. They would have just shrugged the shoulders and walked off. And we want a team that cares. Yet we sing a song constantly uh, with the last line is "We'll support you evermore," but that doesn't give the right to not try. And as long as they're trying, then why shouldn't we support them? Yes, it was below par. Yes, it was some substandard performance. But hey, we've had so many good performances. Even in the last week, the one at Arsenal just one week ago. Do you know what I mean? It was only a week ago. We're raving about it, but just because it got deflected because of what they're saying was an Arsenal poor performance. We didn't let them play uh, badly. Uh, sorry, good, yes, last week. So if if supporters are gonna criticize the team, criticize the performance, but not the not the team, if that doesn't contradict itself. Yes, it was a bad performance, and anyone who says it wasn't is either lying or just trying to be something or not, because it was a bad performance. But you break it down and then say, right, they had 12 players out, they've got extra injuries. You can make justifications for the bad performance, but someone's entitled to say it's a bad performance. But if he's made it personal, shouting at Trippier, um, who wasn't, I'm sure by his own admission, at his best yesterday, 
I think his own frustrations with his own performance and his team performance might have spilled over because he's a thinker, he's a leader. And you can see that he was hurt by the performance, by the results. And then to be criticised of his own, he, he's reacted in that way. And you, you can't blame him. And, and you can't blame him. Just like you can't blame the, the players if they get a bit annoyed that they're the ones on the pitch, they're the ones busting the gut. So they're the ones that should get the support. Yeah, I was, I was a bit baffled how uh, Tenali's song got, kept getting singing yesterday. The way he's sitting on his 160 grand a week. You know, he's, we should be supporting the ones who are. Before I get hammered off the mental health issues, I've been a big advocate uh, of giving Tenali the support. Anyone who watches this channel will say that. But at the same time, he probably wasn't at the game, probably wasn't watching the game. And it wasn't his backs to the wall. It was the 11 on the pitch at the time had the backs to the wall. And I think some of that might have come out with Trippier as well. So hopefully it's a, it's an exception rather than the rule. But if the lads made it personal and to, to Trippier directly, then Trippier's got the right reply. If you saying the performance was bad, then to me he was actually right because it was a bad performance. But as the, as the guy said himself... He's had too much to drink. He's looked back and he's regretted it. That's it. He's owned it. We're all making mistakes. None of us are perfect. He's put his hands up, owned it. Move on. Uh, and I'm sure Trippier's frustrations will make the team play better next time we're on the pitch. Yeah, I agree. Um, 100%. And um, look, two-week break comes at the right time. I think we're all sick of international breaks, but but ultimately this one has come at the right time for us, certainly with regards to the way injuries are. Okay, halfway through the show, time for the ads. A big thanks to all our sponsors. Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Mr. Vicky Sources, Handmade in Cumbria. You can find out more about them from their website, mrvickies.co.uk, or by calling 01768 Thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things. And thanks to United Group Travel, UK coach holiday firm based in Mortmouth. There's no strangers on their tours, just people you haven't met yet. They're now taking bookings for 2024. You can call 01670-632-460-0791-666-4174 or 07957-141-654 or go to the website unitedgrouptravel.com. Please subscribe to the channel. Hit the subscribe button underneath the video today. We still do seven shows a week. Hit the thumb up under the video to like it. It does us a big favour. Click share to share to your other social media and let people know about NUFC Matters. We're also a podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast providers. If you want to help the show financially, you can take out a £25 one-off membership. You get a scarf, a pen, a cup and a membership card. How do you get it? Go to nufcmatters.com. Look for membership. If you've got a smartphone, then put your smartphone over the QR code and it will take you straight to that section on the website. We also support the food bank on this channel. You can donate to the food bank today by going to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. We do support events on this channel as well. If you've got an event, please send it in and we'll promote it. 
The Time Theatre and Opera House are doing a Keegan, Beardsley and Waddle event, the class of 84, 25th of January, 2024. Book now by calling 08 44 And the Tyneside Irish Centre, they're doing an event with Frank Clark and John Gibson on Thursday, December the 7th. You can get tickets from nufcmatters.com and they are priced at £15. There's also some uh, tickets available on Groupon. Don't forget, you can catch me five days a week, Monday to Friday, with Rye, Dave and Daz on the Northeast Footy Brecky Show, 7 till 9, and you can catch us on The Red, The Toon and The Cat and on Toon Radio's website. What's up us on the day? 033-043-2002. The perfect way to start your day. Okay, uh, Gary asked a question before. Um, what's the panel's thoughts on the Premier League trying to stop us from signing players from Saudi? I mean, this is uh, going to go to the vote. Uh, we've spoke about it a little bit on, on the Amigos. Um, it's uh, it, it, it's one for you, Stu, st- to start with, because you haven't had your opinion on this, I guess. But, um, yeah, interesting this. see how the vote goes, I guess. Well, I don't think the vote will go in our favour, but then it, it, to me it clearly shows... Corruption, we can go on to collusion, corruption, conspiracy theories, whatever. But when you start the season, these are your rules. You shouldn't change them midway through a season just because it might benefit some. So basically what they're saying is anyone else can sign, use Nevers as an example, but Newcastle. How is that if we're all playing in the same competition? How is that even considered to be fair? So if his preference is to come to us, then so be it. And yes, the fingers have been pointed, like the Frank Lampard for Man City. He come from one of their clubs. There's, there's loads of cases. We could talk about it for hours. But to me, I, I think uh, Nick DeMarco will be rubbing his hands. And on something like this, even if they do vote it, would, would it be challenged? Would we actually challenge it? I, I think the answer to that would be yes. Uh, and and, and they ha- it would have to be explained. They can't hide behind the vote because where did it come from? I don't think the Premier League, uh, and I'll say this with no respect at all, have the brains between them to come up with this rule. And as Newcastle's in- injury list grown, oh, where can the same players from? Oh, they can get them from Saudi. We had this as soon as the takeover happened that we were going to sign Mbappe and we might as well have Maradona and Pelé as well. You know, we we're going to sign everyone, weren't we? So Ruben Neves was available for every single team to buy and no one bid the money that the Saudi team bid for him. So if they're willing, now this is something that's not been covered, are they willing to let him go? You know, it's in the middle of their season as well and they've spent a lot of money on him to boost their, that team, Al-Halal, or the, or the biggest team in Saudi Arabia. And I'll be going to watch one of their games in a couple of weeks' time, so I'll give you a report. Be playing against Al Nasser, who Ronaldo plays for. So I'll tell you if he's if he's good enough. But even then, let's just say we did sign him in January. Let's say the middle of January. When do you think he'd make his first start for Newcastle? Realistically, because the Saudi league's not the same pace as what the Premier League is. There's not many leagues in the world at the same pace as the Premier League. So it'd be likely March before we even got him in the team. So for two months, he's going to play for us, and they're all trying to change the rules. Well, every time they do that, it ends up backfiring on them. Remember when 
PIF Portus, right? We don't want states. They all vote. You can't have states owning country, uh, country states owning clubs anymore. Well, this is why we had this laughable situation regarding the Qataris with Manchester United. Oh no, it's it's not the it's not the country buying them. It's this guy who hasn't got the money to buy them, and this is his company that we've just formed. Uh, and sometimes you've got to be careful what you wish for. And there's a lot of short-term thinking on these rulings. And it's in one aspect, it's great that we're in other clubs' heads. They say, how do we stop Newcastle? Well, the answer is they won't. They might slow it down a little bit, but they're not going to stop it. Uh, and the more they try, the more determined our owners will become. Well, and that's for them, should frighten them more. At the moment, we're, we overachieved hugely last season by getting fourth. And if we can get into the Champions League again this season, that'll be another massive overachievement. But then the money can go. The money will be able to come because the sponsors, and it's all going to be through their rules and their rules alone. So if they want to change rules mid-season, it can't be for any other reason than to stop Newcastle United. And that, to me, is illegal. Uh, and I'm sure it will be contested. And um, no doubt that we would win any any battle as well. I know you've spoken about this, Mitch, already on the Amigos, but just a quick recap, because not everyone watches all the shows, just a quick recap on your well, thoughts. Look, my, my thoughts initially, very similar to what's being put in the chat there, that it's they're not even hiding it anymore. It's blatantly aimed at us. All of these changes are blatantly aimed at us, and they're not even trying to hide behind a thin veil. Um Nobody was making a song and dance when Watford News and Udinese did 42 transactions between each other in three seasons, were they? They weren't, weren't making this this uh, song and dance when Watford bought a player for four million, sold him to Udinese for 16, and then loaned him back for the full season. You know, it, it, it's been going on, related party transactions have been going on for years, but only once it starts to really potentially rock the boat for certain clubs then they'd actually want to do something about it. Now, I think the club would be one step ahead. I think Ashworth's little tip that this was go where it was going, that he did in the interview a couple of weeks ago, um, says to me they're quite happy to let this go on at the minute because it's a wonderful smokescreen that hides what we're really doing. Mitch, I'll just add to that. Remember, mm. uh, I, I, I told you, uh, and Steve, that Ashworth and uh, Silverson went to London to meet with yes. the board. The day after he come out with that statement, so they're yes. aware of it. They're aware of the, oh, the rumours or the murmurs behind the scenes, and then for him to come out and he doesn't speak publicly publicly uh, a lot. So for him to come out with that and say, "Well, yeah, that's that's a," and you could tell the questions that were being asked were loaded questions, as yes. in they're already pre-planned, and he's come out with this to, to, uh, to say that, "Well, you know, if we're allowed to, currently we are." So. I think it was very careful, carefully worded, very measured and scripted. And he knew what to say because he was told what to say. Go on uh, TV, say this, say that, say that. And that was us letting the cat out of the bag, as if to say, we know what you're up to. We know what you're up to. And then once it came out, then they had to start acting. Well, yeah, we're going to take a vote. Well, shouldn't every member club be told prior to this vote rather than us finding out indirectly and then mm. exposing them so the, there is i can i can imagine keith now remember when you used to do troll the week steve and you had that cat 
that would be Keith Patterson now on his typewriter sending writing another letter because he'd be going mental about it. I know I've spoken with Keith and he, he knows uh, that what they're doing is, is wrong and it's illegal and, and you can't do it. And as soon as we even threaten to take a court, they'll, they'll suspend it and then we'll look at it again at the end of the season. You can't bring a rule in halfway through the season just because one team might benefit from something. Uh, and we haven't, it's not as if we signed someone yet. We haven't went and, yeah. and, and got Benzema up front because we haven't got a forward yet. You know, can we borrow Benzema for the next month? Just uh, till Wilson and Isaac get properly fit. We haven't done that, but we could have, but we haven't. Everything that they've done has been by the rules, well within the rules. And not many clubs can say that. But we know the clubs that are trying to cause, one, cause the trouble and it's the ones with the most to lose. It's the ones that aren't getting in the Champions League regularly. Can you see Manchester City being bothered by it? Not at all. Can Arsenal be bothered? I, I don't think so. I think you've got uh, your Manchester United, your Tottenham's, your Liverpool's, and maybe it's to a point Chelsea, but I think that's where the league came from because they've got a good um, relationship with the new owners at Chelsea. So I think it could well be uh, Liverpool, Man United and Tottenham that are thinking, hang on, if they're able to do this they could and it's all ifs and buts, isn't it? They could then finish the season strongly they might get back in the Champions League we can't have that and then follows on from there we'll have Mr Perez talking about the Super League again, seeing how it must happen we'll see which teams in England decide to go along that boat if Newcastle are finishing in their Champions League again this season mm. Interesting stuff. Um, lots of people uh, in the chat always talk about tickets. We've had uh, lots of uh, emails about that. I'm, I'm seriously talking about <coughs> just doing a show about tickets because otherwise other shows like this get spoiled with, with ticket crack. So um, I'm, I'm going to avoid anything that re refers to tickets and uh, we'll, we'll may plan something before Christmas about that and uh, get something in. Get something in. Maybe it's one of those pre-records for, for over Christmas just so we'll get everyone's point of view over. Uh, would you bring Jan Kuba Minde back in January? Again, something we talked about on uh, the Amigos on Friday, Tom. Um, you know, from our perspective, you know, we know Eddie Howe's going to look at those loan players and, and make a decision on whether there's any to bring back. But one would imagine he's, he's going to stay there, Mitch. He's going to stay in, in fine order and continue on the learning on, on, on the learning process. You'd think we're possible to stick with the plan. Um, that's it, it doesn't seem to be Eddie's style to just snapping back, even though he does. You know, in the bits and pieces I've seen, he looked like he started very well there. So, um, I can't, but I can't see him interrupting that plan if it's working well for, for the player. Um, I think we'll be looking at other things in January. Yeah, Stu, same same question to you, I guess. You know, he's, he's you know he's, he's had a good start, but believe it or not, he's injured as well. So. I think for the, the long-term benefit of the player, it, he should stay where he was. You know, he understood why he was going there. He's fitted in very well. And then just to drag him out there at a young age and then play him sparingly, it's, for, for me, I, I don't think it's the, it's the right thing for his development. Um, my personal belief is that he, he will stay there. Uh, I'm just smiling myself. There's that tweet that Spenny put out during the week saying that the Premier League are going to have a vote because Harvey Bonds might be back earlier than was that was first said. You know, things like that, you wouldn't be surprised now, would you? It's, it's 
Eddie Howe said four months at least, and he's back in three now. He's, he's, he's cheating again. So it's someone like Minty, he's definitely one for the future. But yesterday I was a lot more quiet than normal, but I think that's because the heat was with us and he made enough noise for, for everyone. But I was sitting watching the game thinking about not just the performance, but how where our future is. And I was very pleased with Pope's performance. But then when you've got people like Minty that you're talking about who can come into the team a full season, playing in a decent enough league, then get a full pre-season with us, he could be like a surprise package for next season uh, to bring off the bench and do well. But then you've got like the the Miley performance. I was I was seriously over impressed with that, and it was nice to see bon, Ben Parkinson get a run out, and he did. He did a lot of running. Uh, he covered a lot of a lot of space, and that will give his confidence the world a boost. Uh, so we've got plenty to look forward to. And I think come January, this injury list will only be down to about two or three, won't it, instead of 12. Uh, all boring, no more injuries and everyone's recovery plans staying as they are. So things are going to get better. They can't get much worse, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, and if this has been much worse, seventh in the league and in the Champions League and the quarterfinals of the Cup, uh, and the FA Cup hasn't even started yet, then I'll take this being our worst because I generally think that this is the lowest point we'll be for a long, long, long time. Mm. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with it, Steve. We'll, we'll go with the flow, and if things go against us, it, to me, it can create a siege mentality, uh, and that's what we should be doing. As I repeated, I'll repeat what I said earlier: we'll support you ever more. So we've watched them through thin and thinner. Well, now we've got. A, now we're at the thick part. It's just had a little slice taken off it. Don't worry. Just yeah. trust the process. It's about time we started saying that again. Don't panic. Don't panic is definitely uh, definitely the right thing. Two questions here. Jody Toomba Life, good morning, says, question, what the lads' thoughts on the injury situation and fans thinking it's playing too many games? Personally, I think it's also a problem with the playing services. I can't remember Absolutely. so many injuries. Um, I mean, I, I, I've, I mentioned this on the Amigos about Supermac, you know, I, I I pulled Supermac up on it on Thursday because, you know, he's fallen into that kind of media narrative of, you know, Eddie's training them too hard. I mean, it's, you know, the, these things happen. It's just, it's, it's a freak situation, Mitch, isn't it? it? It's just one of those things, you know, it's unfortunate for us. Came every three days on heavy pitches. Um, yeah. Playing the type of football we play. Um, I don't think it's any wonder that we're tired and that we're not getting recovery time. And I, know, and I know it was almost certainly said with just a little bit of uh, shithousery in mind. The comment about Bruno and Wilson coming on and treating it as their training session was but probably true. Say to them, they're right. Give a good 30 minutes and you can miss training tomorrow. You can rest. And that's your training. And that's, that's how he's handling people. And so there's absolutely no doubt that it's been an unusual combination of circumstances. And some of those injuries, like I said before, if you had them on your bingo card, you've got the bloodiest bloody bingo card in town because, uh, you know, stress fractures, list frank fractures, um, even the, the hamstring that uh, Target suffered to, to, to need surgery, grade three hamstring, 
and it just seemed so innocuous as well. It just looked like you, you'd maybe end up with a dead leg. You know, it it, it really was a it, it's an awful set of circumstances and probably not terribly repeatable. And it's and I think I think I said this on Friday, very unlike the time when we had Sunes, mm. when everybody seemed to have soft tissue injuries. It was it was hamstrings, it was thighs, it was groins. And there was definitely something wrong with the training then. Um, even some of the players in hindsight have come out and admitted that. So um, I think we're dealing with a very different set of circumstances and an unusual set of games played in very difficult and cold conditions. Stu? Yeah, I said uh, earlier on the show, didn't I? There was three games in a row, like monsoon-like conditions, where there was torrential rain. And because of the style of play that we've got, it, the high intensity, it's, of course it's harder running on, on heavy, soggy pitches. So it is going to give the muscles, but that's that's the way we play. Uh, so do we blame the weather or do we blame the training? By Eddie Howe's own admittance, he hasn't been able to train him. So maybe that could be the issue. But I, for one, I, I've seen a couple of the comments here, we're playing th uh, three games a week. We don't play two games a week. And... Sometimes the fixtures haven't fell right, like the early late kickoff on a Saturday, early kickoff on a Tuesday. That wasn't really beneficial, but then we didn't play on the Wednesday and we played late on the Saturday. So we want to be playing three twice a week. That means we're in the competitions. Do we want to be playing just one game a week and just surviving again? That takes us back to the Mike Ashley era, where the idea was to get out the competitions as quick as you could and and just concentrate on staying in the league. Now, I know that's not the, the mantra of, of this ownership, but we as fans have to accept that that's what we'll be doing. And they will build the squad as much as they can, uh, as financially and viable as, as they can. Uh, as soon as they're allowed to, they'll, they'll spend the money. We had that one, Darren Eels, about this time last year, Mitch, where mm -hmm. when we came in Riyadh, we stood next to him when they presented the trophy. And... He, he admitted he will spend as much as we're allowed to spend. So there's not a case of, right, as in the last era of Steve Bruce, you've got no money to sign Joe Willock. You have to generate your own. So that used TV money and everything else to sign Willock, and that was it. And then the Chronicle run five pages on, or five days' worth of news on Jeff Hendrick, because that's all we could sign. You know, we are in for top quality players. Um, and if you look at the ones that have signed for us, Bonds, I think once he's fit again, he'll be an ex excellent addition to the squad. Starting 11 or as an impact sub, he'd be excellent. Uh, I don't think anyone can doubt Tenali's ability and he's got a lot to prove, but he could actually come back better next season because he'll, he'll have learned English and hopefully he'll feel like he owes us, not just the bookie. He actually owes, owes us. And he'll want to come back and, and pay and pay that back and everyone that we're signing will benefit this this team long term but we're just suffering a little bit short term and there's many reasons combined but we'll, we'll get through it it's not the end of the world we know it's not like well, we've got to go to Leicester last game of the season and win to get to avoid the old third division we're in, still in the Champions League there's a good chance even if we don't we'll get into the Europa League so keep it going. Uh, these players will get better. They will get 
more used to managing the games. But with bad weather, with the extra games, with the high intensity, I, I'm not bothered, Steve. I'm happy that, not happy that they're injured, but I'm happy that they're playing that style, which causes injury. Because it's a joy to watch when they get it right, and they get it right more often than they get it wrong. So, what what can we do? We can't sit and complain for the next twenty minutes or so that they that we've got injuries. We know we have. It's, it's keeping the ones that we've got fit, and maybe it does need a bit more training. But when when you're getting on a plane and then landing on a Wednesday morning, and you know, being and then you have to train one day to practice for the Saturday, it is more difficult, and it's the learning curve that we're on, and we'll only get better at it. And no one should question how the players, how the management and how the ownership have improved over the last two years. You know, every one of us, are, from supporters up to the chairman himself, he's never been a chairman of a football club before. But they're all learning and they're learning to get better. So maybe as fans, we just have to accept we won't win every game. And we never used to think we'd win every game. So I don't see why we should win every game now. But our best starting eleven is as good as just about anyone's in the league, and we just need to make sure people get back and get fit, and that's it. Interesting, this one from Sean. He says Gordon can't play nine. It's simple as that. We need a new number nine that'll be Wilson's long-term replacement. I said Friday night Solanke would be great fit. Then he scores two goals. Eight English starters last night. I, I, I'm not sure about Solanke. Um, I'd need a bit of persuading on that one, but I'll I'll take your opinion, Sean. Um, yeah, Gordon, I think he's better wide than he is going through the middle. I, I certainly think that. Um, I know we haven't seen many games with him playing through the middle for Newcastle, but I do feel he's a better fit, um, you know, creative uh, creative fit and running at, running at players from wide. What's your thoughts, Mitch, on that one? Is, um, you know, I, well, I do think we need a striker. I think that's why he was he was moved back out wide eventually yesterday. Yeah. Uh, um they said he was trying to mix things up and, and, and find a, a, a functional combination. Um, is Solanke the, the solution? Um, not convinced. Yeah, he, he, look, he scored scored two goals yesterday and he took his chances well. Um, but he, he didn't really seem to cut it at Liverpool when he was there. Um, and he's been sort of up and down in form of Bournemouth. As Bournemouth have been up and down the divisions, so he's twenty six. Uh, so I mean, he's still, he's still, you know, he's still, he's still got time. Yeah, but I think we need to be possibly looking at someone a little younger and a bit more malleable. And I was going to say that. I was going to say that. You know, <laughs> tell you who would have done for us yesterday, Chris Wood. Get him back. Say that. <laughs> uh, um. But we do need somebody who I think offers something different to Wilson and something different to Isaac. And I don't think Solanke does that for me. Okay. Thoughts on, on the Gordon um comment and, and on Solanke then, Stu? Well, Gordon played that role in the Euros, didn't he? They're in the twenty ones and got played at the tournament. So you can't play the role. But like anyone who's playing at number nine needs service. And I think that's what's happened at Man United. And long may that continue. I mean, they, they say they're a club in crisis, yet they're above us in the league because it keeps spraffing the, the odd goal wins. But we'll finish above Man United this season. But they spent 70 odd million on that young lad and they played inverted wingers. So he's not getting the service. So it doesn't matter who you're playing in the, in the middle, they've got to have service. 
So it could have been you up front, Steve. You would have done the same as whoever played up front yesterday, or me, or Mitch. It didn't make no difference. If no one's going to get the ball at them, they're not going to be able to score it. So I think we need to look beyond that. I don't think Solank is the answer. And joking aside, I, I do think that had we still had Chris Wood in the squad, he would have done a job yesterday because he would have held the ball up uh, a lot better than what others were able to. And I don't think, I'm not suggesting Chris Wood's the answer at all, but he he's a number nine. And that's that's what we didn't have yesterday, a, a proper number nine. But I think yesterday, somehow, I think it was Sydney putting the comments there. It was something I was trying not to mention, but I must have mentioned it about 20 times yesterday. We should never wear those green strips again. And that, I think that's the issue. Ignoring all the all the pictures, all the injuries, it's the green strips, and that's why we got beat. Don't wear the green. Is Show it not because is it is it not because Bruno's not playing? Because our record without Bruno is horrendous. Have we got a problem without Bruno, Mitch? Because eight games, eight games without him, not won one of them. Well, I think it, anybody who questions what Bruno delivers to the team needs to look at that statistic. Yeah, I had that where, discussion when, again last. I had that discussion again yeah. last night. Somebody saying Bruno is not very good. He doesn't play well. Uh, you know, he's overrated. He's not. He's a key player no, to our, our team. He's absolutely a key player because he makes other players play better around him as well. Yep. You see a better Almiron when Bruno's yeah, on the pitch. Yeah, You know, and and so um, for me. Yes, but of all the games that to have him out for, that if we could have picked one, and I still think that's why he was running around like a bloody head as chicken for fifteen minutes in the Arsenal game, uh, is I think he, the, the 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 this there was a bit of gamesmanship understanding that if he did pick a yellow, we would be born with that would be missed, and that was probably of the games he could miss. One of the better ones to do so, and really. You know, even on the evidence of yesterday, we sent a team out that certainly should have had enough to beat them. Mm. Um, but, you know, you, you don't play football on paper, you play it on grass, don't you, it's, it's, at the end of the day. Yep. Uh, Bruno, big miss for me, Stu. I certainly think that um, you're right on that as well, Mitch, about the... Uh, you know, sacrificing himself for the Bournemouth game because we need him for these bigger games ahead. But, yeah, he is a miss, Stu. You can't deny it. Oh, absolutely, he's the one that makes us tick. And when Bruno plays well, the team plays well. And you, you see a better version of so many players around him. They respond to him uh, with him with his tackling, his tenacity, his vision. He's, I think the way he leads as well. He, he's demanding of the ball. But I tell you something yesterday, if he was playing and did what Miley did yesterday, would be raving what a great performance it was from Bruno. I think we should be talking more about what a fantastic first full game that was for for Miley in the Premier League. I, I really thought he was outstanding. Uh, but Bruno does make us tick. Now I'd like to see them both play together. Um, I and, agree with you. I agree with Miley. I mean, uh, what, what did he get? Sixty-seven minutes under his belt, and, uh -huh. and he didn't. He didn't look out of place. And I thought it was the wrong person to take off. Yeah, yeah, he was. And uh, I think it, he can't. He's one of those that could go off the pitch with his head held high and say, I give me all and I made a positive impact. And I think maybe there's only two or three others of the team and, and subs included that could say the same. So there's no point in pointing fingers at one or two players. There was a lot, as I said earlier, below standard, so poor, whichever way you want to phrase it. But it doesn't mean the effort wasn't there. 
and but for Megley and Bruno in the middle, then you, would you, you get a better version of Joe Little when he's next to him? You do, because he plays like he's his enforcer, doesn't he? He, he seems to be always within 10, 15 yards. If anyone hits his ball, he's, he's straight in after them. Uh, you see Longstaff's more confident because he knows Bruno's always an out. And what Megley did yesterday is what Bruno does. He can take the ball under under threat, under with a player near him, and, and not worry about losing it. it Similar to what, if you remember, Chiotti used to be able to do that. He'd demand the ball all the time, even if there was someone on him. It didn't matter because he would, you know, he had enough confidence and skill and ability to hold the player off and keep the ball moving. Uh, and and that's, that's the role that Bruno does. He keeps the ball moving, whether it's holding it. And they've obviously got pre-worked manoeuvres as well. You know, it could be, oh, what's he passed it back there for? And all of a sudden, Trippier knocks it down the wing. Almiron, but I did mention earlier, Steve Almiron looked lost without Bruno. He, like, like one, he was to me, he was just wandering around. And this isn't a big criticism of Almiron being the worst player for us yesterday. The lads got injured, and hopefully, it's it's nothing serious. Uh, but it, it's frustration, frustrating to me watch him play without Bruno there to guide him, or without Trippier closer to him, offering the overlap. Uh, as much as, as they normally do because without it Rich you said exactly the same thing yesterday you got the ball and you knew for a fact he was going to cut back every single time and that takes a big segment out of that pitch uh, and I think the game was it the Arsenal game if you look well, what happened there when uh, Livermento went on there and Murphy before he got injured all of a sudden, the pitch got weighed and we become a bigger threat. Uh, and that's where teams are looking in Newcastle. We'll just congest the middle. If everyone's going to cut solo side all the time, we'll congest the middle. So we need wingers that can knock the ball to the byline, get after it and whip crosses in. And Bruno's capable of picking these people out with passes. He can see, he can split defences, he can knock it over them, he can knock it side to his someone who was in a better position than him. So I don't think Bruno's position the team should be questioned He's, he is undoubtedly the the class act that we have at the moment and he's the one that I think Eddie Howe says is the, the the person that we build the team around so of course we would miss him just like Liverpool would miss Salah because uh, he is their star player and we have a star player isn't it great we have a star player he missed one game we got beat so he's back the next one we'll beat Chelsea and we will be back Tuesday, lads, for Jordy's here. Jordy's there this week. I've got a, um, a an appointment on Wednesday night, so if that's okay with you, uh, we will be back Tuesday. The Amigos, as usual, Friday, 5 o'clock, and then we'll uh, make a date for next weekend for uh, the professionals. It suits everybody. But for now, thank you for your opinions, Stu. Thanks for your opinions, Mitch. Have a good day today. I know you're out and about. And, uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> now, now, with the heat. Enjoy, enjoy yourselves, lads. Take care, and uh, I'll see you on Tuesday night. Take care. Cheers, man. Cheers, everyone. Thanks, everyone.